Welcome to All Packed Up. We're joined by the fellas over at Duck Camp, P. Fritz, Aaron. Welcome, guys. Hello. Great to be here. Yeah. I got to say, um, when I first started thinking about this, we we're in Charleston, South Carolina, yes. <laughs> around a campfire. How oh, you gosh. there? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, we weren't really supposed <laughs> to be there. But we well, were. I was thinking, I was like, man, a lot of this could be recorded. Yes. Some not. The sausage was worth it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where was that from? Uh no free advertising. Vans over in uh in <laughs> Mississippi. Pearl, Mississippi. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the best. Pineapple jalapeno pepper jack sausage. Largest deer processor in America. About twenty really? to twenty three thousand deer a year processed. Yeah. The whole town smells terrible because <laughs> of that. Because of that? Yeah. Right, all the guts. Right down the road from a, pri- <laughs> a prison and a mental ward. Yeah. So it's pretty uh it's pretty good. Yeah. Man. Them boys in Mississippi kill boy. some deers. Yeah. Yes, they do. Swamp donkeys. Man, what they're they putting out though. Venison. <laughs> venison. Yeah. Uh, I can say that because uh what what none of y'all know, and I should pull up the picture, but there is uh my my fifth great grandfather, so you can say it five times. Fifth great grandfather. Okay. Was Major Sarton, but he was a general. But his first name was literally Major. Uh, founded <laughs> the town Sartonville, Mississippi, which is which is still no there. Way. And I've taken most of my kids there to see it. I haven't taken a test yet. And uh, it's just west of Hattiesburg. Ooh, we know uh, that area. An hour. Did you you like just claim five generations back to be able to say something in 2022? I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty rare. Uh, that's a small town too, because Hattiesburg small. is small. Yeah, that's but nice. I I would go uh, I would go see my uh, my grandparents who lived outside of Jackson, and uh, and we'd go visit my cousin's hunting camp, you know, and and I can still as a like eight-year-old or nine-year-old remember the smell of that camp you know yep. the pines <laughs> and the smoke that was in the air and the, all the deer that they were cleaning and i mean uh certainly there are some guys that love horns in mississippi in the same way that they exist across the country but those boys are about camp and meat and yep. getting that meat home and feeding their family it was it was an awesome experience we like that. Now we're just missing music, <laughs> your banjo music. Yeah, that's right. And then form Duck Camp. Yeah. 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 No, so we um, and we were talking a little bit before, but we we started this podcast. We we you know as y'all do too. I'll kind of travel a lot and see a lot of the country, and um, you know we meet all sorts of people who are doing crazy stuff outside and have all these different perspectives on being outdoors and stuff. You know. You can go to South Carolina and, and find a guy who's who's chasing reds all day long and go to San Diego and find a guy who's chasing waves. <laughs> um, two pretty different people. A lot um, colder water, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, but, you know, there's some common ground there. It's it's they both like we all like doing the same stuff, being outside and stuff. Um, so you guys obviously are hunting and fishing be weird if y'all weren't red duck camp but um i would hope we did (laughs) we did yeah so so i just want to open the floor to y'all you know why do you why do you like that why do you what's the draw to you i mean y'all just got off the water probably 30 minutes ago 
We didn't catch um, anything, by the way. If anybody's listening, <laughs> put your boats in the parking yeah. lot. Right? Boats yeah. in the parking lot. Hopefully, hopefully don't get hopefully another uh, parking and, and ticket. And it's a successful boat uh, outing too. It was a successful one. We didn't have there to swim it back in this time. There you go. Uh, <laughs> minor <laughs> problems. We could do a, a photo shoot in the parking lot. We could all get in and hold rods and have people take pictures of us. It looks like we're all fishing. <laughs> yep. in the parking lot. Yeah. There we go. I like that That's idea. Yeah. Put a bunch of these and go sweat it out in the boat for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Um, no, I, I think we love we love hunting and fishing. Um, personally, like I I think like you said, Kansas, like some people chase horns and 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 chase the biggest of the best. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I think for me personally, like everybody has their own way of getting in the outdoors. But if you were to tell me like, hey, go hike up that mountain right there because you're gonna go get a pretty view at the top, chances are I'm gonna say no. <laughs> um, but I have been known to do dumb things to get in the back of a river and try to catch a fish, yeah. you know, or end up hiking in countless amounts of timber, uh, trying to find a turkey or, you know, chase a turkey throughout a season or find where the biggest deer is going to be uh, in the bottom and trying to trek through that. So I think everybody has their own perspective when it comes to getting in the outdoors. But that's why I love, you know, Pack Mule always does that. Like I see you guys at our shows. I also see you guys on the road um, going to like overlanding expos. And it's like that whole uh, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're getting in the outdoors. Yep. And that's where you, I mean, for me, it's where I find my peace. Yeah. Have, have you done your whole life? Have, where did you grow up? Yep. So my dad, uh, raised me mainly in my grandfather too. Uh, my grandfather has probably been hunting since deer, white-tailed deer were introduced into Georgia. Uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure the 30-30 I used to shoot is a lever action. He bought it for $25. Uh, it was his first gun, and he still uses it to this day. Um, wow. It's a brush gun. You can shoot a deer through five trees almost. But, open sights. <laughs> yep, open sights underneath a scope. He got a scope when scope started coming around, uh, but he's never sighted in that scope. And this guy is mean. Like, he, he pretty much much every year limits out and the only thing you're going to find in all his freezers is is venison that's it and so just watching him sitting in stands with him i think i shot my first deer at you know maybe 10 uh on my aunt and uncle's property but i mean it's it's a thing he does he's you know it's like clockwork season starts he's out there in the stands getting them ready wood he makes his own wooden ladders to go up to him these little shaky things uh, my grandmother's been like stop hunting to him for like at least you know the last 10 years being like stop going up that ladder i'm like you can use a ground blind but um he's pretty hard-headed which is good so how old is he now oh uh, he's got to be sev- uh, 79 80 yeah so still a young gun at heart when i see old folks getting after it i'm always like man i want to be that yeah how how do i take care of myself so i can still be doing it when i'm 80 you know (laughs) i've got a good story about a lady i guided one time uh and she she's like i asked her she's like 87 and she came on a fishing trip with us and i was like you know she snuck out of this lodge and i was like this is kind of strange you know why would why would i be you know sneaking up early in the morning to this high-end lodge and she just goes uh she goes out on the river with us all day has the best time of her life i'm like piggybacking this lady across the river <laughs> and she's just smiling she fell in the water a couple times and i was like hey you know like why did you sneak out this morning she goes oh my kids didn't want me to go 
It's too dangerous. And I said, well, how are you so spunky and still so alive? And she goes, she goes, honey, there's three things in life. And I was like, okay, you know, like everybody's got their story. Well, go ahead and tell me. And she goes, well, there's, you know, there's slow go, or she's like, there's go, go, slow go and no go. And she goes, honey, I'm still go, go. And I was like, good for you. And I was like, I'll live that the rest of my life. That's amazing. But yeah, you learn so much. I'm guessing, I mean, same as you, like every one of us has stories about our grandparents or like somebody in our life who yeah. mentored us through that yeah yeah certainly yeah Aaron how about you yeah I don't have that mentor <laughs> I mean I Patrick Patrick's been a good intro but um I grew up um about 30 minutes from Pack Mule HQ here in New Braunfels right. I, I grew up towards um Bull Verde, Texas oh nice uh on the quad right next to the state park and um yeah I didn't like uh, my, my parents were, were great parents, but they didn't have the vocabulary or, or skill sets to really introduce me to the outdoors and um, really gravitated towards it growing up, but never had like a, a centralized activity that really helped tie it together. And I think in the South in particular, like lacking public lands, it's really hard to get going without those relationships or the people that just kind of take you under their wing and give you access um, and so growing up, I, you know, I was really into mountain biking for a little bit and hiking and, and like, these were cool ways to see parts of Texas, but you know, it was, it was very limiting. And I think, um, really just through working at duck camp, like I had, I knew the culture, I knew, I knew hunting and angling a little bit, um, grew up with people who are now duck camp customers <laughs> and, uh, super crazy to see like that loop back into my life. But n- again, never really had a strong intro until I started working at duck camp, got me in front of people and I was able to start, uh, fishing a lot, uh, which is something I always really wanted to do. And so, uh, flash, flash like three years later. And, uh, I mean, I, I fish, as much as I possibly can really enjoy it. And I, I feel like I didn't used to like to travel and now I do cause of fishing. I didn't used to really want to get out like too much. I enjoyed the outdoors, but like, again, I just was like missing what felt like this tool to like, just get out, see the world, understand the natural world. You know, it linked me to literature. It linked me to art and people and, um, just really feel like through, through working at duck camp, I feel really privileged. It feels like I got, you know, a childhood of the outdoors kind of like injected in me (laughs) in like a three year period. And, uh, feel really grateful. I've gotten to do things in my three years that, um, you know, are bucket list items for, for people. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely feel really grateful and sometimes feel guilty. Like it's like, oh, I'm not good enough to like be in these situations, but just try to absorb as much as I can. I feel like I got a, a little chip on my shoulder to make up kind of lost time yeah. for, for not growing up with this stuff. But you got yeah. a, lo- a lot of go-go in you. A lot you know? of go-go. Yeah. He's yeah. got, he's fished a lot of rivers that like not a lot of other people could fish yeah. or have fished already. Yeah. Like, three years in, it's pretty impressive. So, yeah. So, uh, what type of fishing are you focused on mostly or do yeah. you enjoy the most? I mean, fresh, f- fresh water for sure. Um, uh, starting to venture into salt. That's, uh, again, another accessibility thing, uh, making sure, you know, people with boats, working boats at that. And, uh, <laughs> I think that, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, growing up on the Guadalupe river, um, just again, I think that's like a, definitely feels like a home water, um, so, so you're you're like roaming as much as you can from Bulverde all the way down. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll creek fish. I live in Austin. I'll creek fish all around there. Uh, brushy onion. Um, really love like the San Marcos River is probably uh, a close home water to the Guadalupe. 
um, have are a canoe. You, are you fly and, fishing? Yeah, fly okay. fish everything. Um, yeah, so it's just it's a lot of like Central Texas freshwater, um, but you know, really, really have a heart for trout. I think too. Uh, just got back from Colorado for a week and just spent you know, as much time as was allowed by my friends and wife to just ditch them and go fish. And so, yeah. um, typically throw a rod in the car and just, again, I, I love using it as a way to explore, uh, places and, and yeah. people and things and love that. Uh, I, I want to ask about your rod, but I, but I also, <laughs> before I do, um, I found that our hobbies and interests drive us into more curiosity about places and people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was with, uh, uh, Garrett Gordy, who is one of the Gordian son mm-hmm. fellas and, uh, and, uh, you know, his hobby and interest changes a lot. And he, he said something, I'm not going to remember it exactly the way that he said it, but it was basically like he has hobbies so that he can travel like, and it would like, he was going helicopter skiing or something, you know, and he was just, he was fired up about getting back into that because awesome. it takes him to the top of some back country mountain that he gets to go explore on skis, you know? And, and I've, I've really sort of thought about that, that, uh, uh, like without having a hobby or interest, you don't end up on a river. You don't end up in a small town. You don't end up, you know, like talking to somebody that maybe looks like they know about fishing to ask them about the local water or if the hatches happened or whatever's yeah. going on. And, uh, and so it, it certainly makes the world smaller too. And I think Coleman and I were reflected on that when we were in Bend, Oregon, that we had some customers in the, in the uh, booth with us and we're all hanging out and everybody's hanging out and everybody's happy and, you know, sitting by fires and BSing about, trucks and camping and wherever they're going and uh and good gear you know and 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 it you just you just realize that when you have a love for the outdoors whatever that is whether it's waves or or redfish uh or all the things in between that there's a commonality of just the outdoor place that that you can join in and have these discussions and you immediately are akin to one another like you could be different hobbies but you sort of understand one another yeah yeah whether you're like and you know there's certainly like the really high-end version of most of these things but i think most of the people that we're running around with even a lot of the folks that i know that you know have a ton of money and could go do whatever they want to they're still crawling across mud flats trying to get back on this redfish you know so true and you're like man (laughs) i can't believe it that this guy and his net worth is doing that it's pretty wild yeah yeah um it is it is cool um, to like, it's like the, what's it called? The great, uh, it's like the thing that levels all of us. <laughs> what's that saying? But yeah. The great abyss. It's not that. <laughs> it's definitely not that. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. It just makes us all, we're all the same in our activities. Yeah. Like regardless of really any identifying socioeconomic factor or anything, um, you know, once you've got a rod in your hand, yeah. it's kind of just like, yeah. you're just an outdoors person. Like, So are you fishing with a three weight or a five weight? Um, I got a... Or both. I've got a... Uh, three weight glass a five weight um like trout rod and then and i use that sometimes around around here and then i've got like a six weight um it's a technically a salt rod but it works really well for for like what we just did on canyon lake just 
chucking huge frogs everywhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So big old deer hair fly. It doesn't really fly well through the air. Though. Yeah. It is larger than frogs actually get, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's the only fly that got a bite. So really? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a bite. <clears throat> just one. Yeah. Coleman, just a bite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never chased those actually. You've never chased the, the striper. The striper yeah. uh, we were at that point, we were just fishing off the banks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Usually at the stripe, they're so hard to find, but when I feel like when you do, you know, you're on them. Yeah. Doesn't Brandon have that dialed in for Kenyon? We've been working Absolutely on it for two been, not. Both of us have been working on it for two years. Yeah. 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 We've been working on it for a long time now. It's tough. I mean, I think, I think striper is one of those things you really have to get after it. I think you have to, that's all you have to do. You have yeah. to be out there a lot. You have to really be paying attention and, and just really like stay on it. Um, I don't think you can go out there casually like once a month or so and, and have a ton of luck. Could be totally wrong. Maybe I suck yeah. at it. No, you're <laughs> also, I mean, definitely don't. It's, uh, I feel like most of the time when you're striper fishing, you're waiting, especially with a fly rod. It's the dumbest way to go catch striper. Oh, yeah. It really is. But <laughs> I mean, that's it's, the draw. But yeah. that's the draw. Of it. Like it's, <laughs> it's like this one in a million chance that those fish just happen to be the weather's perfect, the water's perfect, the wind's perfect. And the then birds, you see yeah. seabirds in another cove, you run up on them typically it's on like a point or something like that it's like pre-spawn or like in spawn and then you're just chasing them and like by the time you pull up in the boat the birds are gone and like the <laughs> fish are out somewhere else and that happens all the time <laughs> all the time it's a spe oh, yeah. special brand of masochism i think yeah. to like try to fly fish striper especially on canyon lake <laughs> like yeah i love it though it's awesome yeah <laughs> and uh I don't, I don't know why Speaking of Brandon, <laughs> you guys just just dropped. Uh, He's our mascot, by the way. The well, y'all just y'all just dropped uh, y'all's waiters. Yes, yeah. Go check them out. Thank you. Um, but I don't know what it was, but I out loud laughed at Brandon's <laughs> voice on the on, on the video. Yeah, he did his first uh, voiceover. Was, yeah. <laughs> We've thrown we've thrown around Brandon for like a lot of different creative projects at Duck Camp, Love and uh, there's a lot of things in creative where like we have to kind of be careful of like, do we think this is funny because we know Brandon and right, like we've right. seen his and ridiculous that's why existence? I was laughing like, is just like I can just yeah, yeah. I'm picturing him. And you, you remember like all the good times right. and the laughs you shared with Brandon right. uh, and how endearing he is, uh, but I, I think. I think he has that quality immediately for anyone who meets him. So that, that was yeah. ultimately why we chose him to, to do that. He did it in his truck, uh, yeah. the audio, and we, we cleaned it up and uh, just really funny. But it, it was awesome. it worked out really well. So. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, and maybe I can ask this question and just for the audience, but what do you all both do for Duck Camp? Yeah, exactly. Is that too early? No, great question. Aaron, take it away. Yeah, uh, I am the creative director at Duck Camp, so kind of safeguard the visual brand uh, wherever it shows up. I mean, and it covers everything. In apparel, it's it's really fun because it does cover everything from hang tag on a shirt to, um, you know, videos that feature Brandon um, to making logo wear and, and just kind of design is everything for Duck Camp and for apparel companies now. And, and when you tie that in with kind of digital channels like uh like social media and stuff we just we just have to look really good and there's it takes takes some work not only to make all the assets that go out everywhere but make sure that they all feel duck camp and kind of communicate that heart and soul um kind of in everything we do so yeah uh we touch 
as as many of us in these uh, smaller companies, we we touch a lot of different things, uh, but that is the gist of what I do. Um, and I do many other things outside of that still, yeah. but, um, yeah. And you've been there for a few years. Yeah. I was, uh, I was number six at duck camp, I think. Uh, and I think we are like pushing 40 now. So it's been, wow. it's been, a, a journey of a lifetime feels like an appropriate statement. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's just been, it's been like a bull ride. I felt like I kind of just grabbed on and, um, three years later, I'm like, how am I still hanging on? So, um, I'm very, again, just feel super grateful. And, um, it's just been, I've learned, learned so much about so many things. Uh, it's definitely kind of shaped who I'm becoming, I guess. That's like amazing. it all feels really grand, but I mean, truly, truly has been a, a great, uh, a great journey. That's awesome. You want to tell them how like the first year you were pretty much doing like <laughs> running the website, doing the design, making was, sure uh, everything. You were pretty much I was doing killing everything. rats. I was figuring out how to launch stuff. I was. Uh, um, I would have loved to have done a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I was trying to manage the site and make emails and figure out how product photography worked and tried to figure out how hunting and fishing worked because yeah. <laughs> big part of of duck camp and and i'm sure you guys have this at pack meal is just being genuine and understanding like you guys can't go out there and, and fake it at an overland show at a hunting show whatever and so um again part part of what we kind of have to watch at duck camp is just making sure you know does that fly in the photo make sense uh does this look too staged uh is that hat too crisp and new looking like there's there's so many details we have to watch um you know, to be as genuine as, as we truly are. So, yeah. That's awesome. It's a uh, quite a, it's quite a thing when you really consider all the, <laughs> you know, the parts and pieces, right? I mean, like I was just on this big road trip with my daughter and, um, was, was, it's always hard for me to be on a trip and to document it when I really just want to be in it, you know? And so then you start to take a picture mm-hmm. and you're like, well, is this for a memory or could that be helpful for us? And oh, okay, I need to clean this up. Like, I can't just have the roll of paper towels like, <laughs> so like rolling out, you know, like you got to straighten it and like the back end of the car. There were some pictures where we'd just take it and I'm like, all right, I got to take the bag of groceries that's sitting on our bed and move it out of the way and make it clean. Otherwise it's cluttered and you know, yeah. you don't really, doesn't, doesn't work as well. You know? And uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm like, I, I know other creative people obviously and they they seem to be really good at that stuff and i'm i'm definitely in the camp that tries to have the experience like even today on the boat i was taking a photo and i was like why am i doing like yeah. why am i doing this i'm my day off like yeah. i don't you know and sometimes i'll go do it do events and i can tell uh you know some of my boss will get kind of annoyed sometimes is because i'm not able to be that social presence yeah. that like other people are i just am not built that way i like to kind of just uh soak up kind of what what I'm experiencing rather than try to document it. But yeah. that's not how marketing works. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. Beautiful things don't ask for attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a solid line. Yeah. I'll take that with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here until Friday. <laughs> till Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Rachel, about you? Yeah. So I, uh, I moved into event marketing this past year. Um, also, you know, obviously it's the, it brings on the fun times that we've all had. So, uh, used to do sales and then, and mark, you know, the event stuff on the side. And then we've just obviously gotten too big now. So we're, um, you know, having to do sales on the side and then I was able to fill in this position. So it was, um, 
Yeah, it's been great. I get to plan all of our awesome events and uh, work with musicians and artists and uh, and get out in the field. So it's, you know, same thing that y'all love to do, like when we're on the road. Uh, love being with the people that love, you know, being in the outdoors. So it's just a fun time to join in and, and build some camaraderie with everybody. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to shout out Patrick here. He was on um, kind of wholesale, you know, community management side before just going straight into events and um you can see the map of like where duck camp was available and and kind of where people were purchasing and there's like this patrick effect from like year over year and it's just like <laughs> georgia lights up and the west lights up and just never met never met a people person like patrick and um just making those uh relationships is pretty pretty special skill of his uh that's been pretty yeah. key to duck camp so yeah, I can speak to that. I've been talking to random people at bars in Austin, and they know <laughs> yeah. Patrick. Yeah, just, <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do they know? Him? I don't know. Y'all became friends. Y'all are good buddies, and y'all met just at duck camp. We're actually just laughing about that on the boat <laughs> this morning. We, uh, I just realized it's been probably about two years. Uh, and for some reason, somehow, uh, this is kind of how it works for me, at least, is like I'll go into a new area, meet a bunch of new people, but, you know, really the ones that i can't really remember how we figured out that we would we would go fish together is typically some of the people that become best friends <laughs> so like yeah aaron and i um i mean i'm not there's some things that we probably don't do the same in a lot of ways but like just the opportunity for us to get in the outdoors kind of bonded us through that and gave us a lot of crazy memories to go with it for sure yeah i think uh we, we were trying to remember the specifics but i think uh at work you know, this new guy showed up and I invited him to come fish these trout in New Braunfels. And his first question is like, there's trout in Texas. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're going to love them. <laughs> I was them. shocked. <laughs> not, not knowing at the time, this he had just finished guiding in Wyoming and has guided in Alaska for uh, all kinds of fish. And, um, and I'm just like, oh, you're going to love this. Best best trout fishing ever <laughs> as, a true, yeah. as a true Texan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I definitely remember like a bitter cold morning on the, on the quad here, uh, just not catching trout. I'm just being like, what's up, Pat? <laughs> yeah. You had no choice but to get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> At like uh, seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, speaking of crazy stuff, um, I'm seeing the rumblings on the, the interweb of um, social media. Of a recent purchase y'all just made. Um, What's that? I gotta remember. Recent purchase of a vehicle, maybe? Uh, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is the reason we are here, obviously, is uh, no. Um, so, we have a van. We used to have a tiny house. Uh, there's a funny backstory on that, too. It was really cool. It got stolen. Um, I'm but- not. It- I know what van you're talking about. I'm talking about another van. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so. I want to hear that story. Oh, oh man. There's, there's, van, there's vans the story, galore. The story's still unfolding. Uh, yeah. I was at a. Uh, this is a good one. This has got to be this turning a, into an SNL skit. Oh, this man, is a good one. I hope it does someday. Um, my uh, wife's best friend growing up was getting married in Wisconsin, and we were up there for, for their wedding, and it was a. Um, a fairly traditional Jewish wedding. It was Friday night. Shabbat dinner had just started. Um, if and if you guys know, like Shabbat dinner, you you, you kind of stop using technology. Um, 
And so I'm in this, I'm in this Jewish like dinner and we're hanging out and like for whatever reason, I whipped out my phone, kind of just didn't know anyone, was just scanning real quick, open Facebook marketplace. First thing I saw is a, uh, an old Toyota van and um, we'd been kind of looking to purchase some dumb vehicle that we could like trip around in, um, potentially even live in for a little bit. <laughs> And uh, I was just like, it was. It's, I'll have to show you a photo after, but it's like the coolest '80s looking van. And I was like, I have to buy this, and it it was just dirt cheap. And it was in Texas because most of these import vans are import Toyotas are all in the Northwest somewhere. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was like, I got to get this. So email, you know, the person, and I'm like, hey, really, really would love to like, can I can I throw you a little bit of money to like kind of hold it so I can get back in town, explain the situation? And she's like, I can't. Uh, can't hold it. I got a lot of a lot of interest. So I'm just gonna let it go. And I was like, okay, give me like ten minutes. So I like walk out um, the edge of this lake, watching this beautiful sunset at this wedding in Wisconsin on uh, Facetime with Patrick. And, People are exchanging uh, vows, but you yeah, in got the background, to buy and I'm just van. like, <laughs> she's like, I gotta go. It was mainly because, it was mainly because his wife Julia was like, you can do it, and he just calls me right. Yeah, yeah. Away. I was like, all right, we're doing it. Um, so I call Patrick, and I'm like, hey, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, I'm just sitting around what's up and i'm like can you go buy a van for me <laughs> and so uh he he gives it a, a look through i was like it looks uh, awesome he facetimed me while looking at the van and uh and like you know an hour later i'm the proud owner of this 1987 right hand drive four-wheel drive toyota highest diesel diesel uh, it only goes 55 and it it maybe goes 55 miles an hour uh it is the stupidest car i could have probably bought but it's uh <laughs> it'll flip really well the, yeah i feel bad for the girl she lost she lost a lot on it after she imported it I was like, <laughs> yeah so i've got this van uh all thanks to patrick who uh who facilitated all of it and i didn't even go home for like i think another week after that so there's just this this van i had to go pick up thanks to patrick and- That's the only thing i said was aaron i know how you are i know that you <laughs> love these things but i was like if you say yes right now, I'm gonna go write her a check. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm driving it right out. And I was there in like 10 minutes. The girl hadn't even gotten home. And I was like, Yep, we'll buy it. Yeah. That's awesome. And we realized we ran it for a while without any uh without any <laughs> we realized it had no coolant. And a, yeah, no coolant. And uh yeah, that was interesting. And it ran fine. And now we got it fixed and it still runs fine. This That's is amazing. Crazy yeah. van. But yeah. So the reason I was like, I'm all for it because I was like, man, if I buy this right now for you and then you just pay me back, I was like, I get to drive it anytime I want. Yeah. yeah. And my buddy had one of those when we were traveling. He has one. It's still down in New Zealand and it uh and it's just the sickest rig. Those Toyota high aces, they're four-wheel drive, unbreakable, right hand. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. It's gotta be there were a handful of them at some of these Overland shows that were all built out, and I and I'm pretty sure that's what it was, was the highest it's yeah. either that one or that vw westphalia yeah you yeah know, like just it's it's that it's the highest uh you probably saw a lot of like newer nicer ones this is an older yeah. older gutted one nice. <laughs> so, it's got yeah. wood floors though yeah, yeah it does so have wood floors. what's the build plan for it uh not sure yet uh but i think you know it's 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 a very it's 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 classic Japanese design. It's very efficient, super narrow. Uh, there's like not an inch of wasted space in there. Yeah. It's super cool. But it is because it is narrower, um, you know, we kind of can't build out like a full full deal like we were maybe thinking with, 
you know any other sprinter van so mostly a mobile uh, sleeper yeah it's yeah. got a pop-up camper it's oh. an extended wheelbase you know it, it does have a, a, a significant amount of room it's it's wired it's plumbed uh you know had a bathroom in there at one point wow. so uh it's yeah a sweet rig i'm gonna try to like really straddle the line between like full built out sprinter and like kind of camper van setup so um, but for now, I'm just trying to get like the engines under the seats and it's just so hot in the cab right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm working in the cab to just like insulate it, maybe get some stuff reupholstered uh, with like a backup camera before I destroy <laughs> my van and someone else's car. And, uh, so just trying to get it, get it a little bit more drivable, but... I've got a I've got a newer Tacoma and I'm I am like really considering like just making this van the stupidest daily driver that uh, I could possibly have. So we'll see. Uh, You're like four blocks from the office though, so like getting back and forth is not a problem. To work, no, but like anywhere to, else to, yes. to get anywhere else or like getting into a parking garage or something. Like nothing's <laughs> nothing's gonna work out well in that thing. That's true. But yeah. Good story, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It is pretty funny though. You have a chili powder um, mural outside, so it kind of lines up. I didn't know. Chili powder was founded in the building beneath us. You like, were kidding! Like the act- actual chili powder. So Gerhardt, what? Wait, what? Yeah, that sounds made up. No, it's on the black outside. Chili powder. No he way. he was grinding peppers up and had basically created chili powder, what and. In the world? Uh, you know, whatever year that was, early 1900s or late 1800s. It's like three weeks ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, three weeks ago. And, uh, About what he did for and Texas. It, and it became, <laughs> I know, and it became some uh, sort of local phenomenon. And then he started selling it and shipping it. And then, you know, their operations are in San Antonio. That is oh, wild. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's what that plaque is outside? Well, that's one part of it. Oh, one part of it? One part of plaque is on there yeah wow. along with it think out. what the other parts could be yeah. 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 That. the yeah. other interesting uh, thing is that according to the history of the building is that the phoenix saloon which is modern but it was a remake of the saloon that was here forever ago was okay. the first bar in texas that served alcohol to women whoa that was a thing yeah this block has has really done a lot yeah. for for america no yeah. way. for america yeah. chili powder and women that can drink <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah, that's crazy. That we've had times like that. Yeah, yeah. God. And now that was the other part of the plaque. No, surely that was. Coleman's not very uh, historically interested. He doesn't read. Yeah, he doesn't read. <laughs> we love little trinkets. Well, now that I know it's about women and chili and spices. <laughs> women and spices, Mike. I might give it a read. <laughs> uh, and now we're sitting in that building doing a podcast. Full circle. Which is also really contributing to America. About <laughs> that's the right. outdoors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We can put this in the history genre now. Yeah. Uh, like the third, the third, the third plaque. It's that's just right. about pack mule. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Let's hope we make it. Y'all make it that far. Yep. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, Push until there's a plaque. That's the plan. Push until there's a plaque. <laughs> that's the plan. Pack mule's first podcast. Yeah. Started in this <laughs> building. Yeah. yeah. 2022. Yeah. It's a great place. So y'all got a heck of a building. Also, shameless plug. You have to come here and see the headquarters for Pack Mule, guys. This place is incredible. Uh, it's an old building in downtown New Braunfels. There's some car alarms outside. <laughs> There's some wheat lifts. It's uh, it's a place. <laughs> it's a good spot. Thanks for paying us. Uh, I, uh, I have to, uh, you know, I've worked in office buildings and construction and lived in construction trailers pretty much my whole career or out of my truck when I was building houses and, like, but having a good office space that in that I wanted to be in 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't so much about whether everybody else wanted to be here. <laughs> I want to be here. And if I yeah. feel like if I want to be here, other people want to be here, you know. And uh, just having a space that's easy to work in, but also is like enjoyable. You this know, place has got a ton, of, ton of natural light and all the old wood floor. I like old stuff, you know, so I could never really see me in a new office building with crisp furniture and stuff. But uh, anyway, so and we enjoy it. It's that classic it. Texas look, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a little rustic, rough around the edges. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. Chili powder. And the place has powder. good AC. Still <laughs> yeah. has good AC. It does have good AC. Yeah. yeah. A requirement. The most yeah. the most classic of Texas building <laughs> qualities. <so>. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. No joke. Our headquarters is in uh Alamo Draft House and uh their uh it's their headquarters but we have like most of the third floor and it's uh it's an old school from what the 1850s yeah. or to early 1900s it's gotta be the only building with a basement in that's in austin yeah probably and it's uh yeah the ac goes out every once in a while but third floor up there like we've done everything in our power to like get like tinted windows and like do all this because like i mean it gets hot it's an old building third <laughs> yeah. story like everything drafts yeah. to the top so yeah. I, I was impressed when i came down to this building when y'all opened did the grand opening and i was like man this place got to get hot and you know like no it's pretty nice yeah. in the shade. i was like man i'm gonna have to come down here more I often. Know. Yeah. <laughs> well if, you, if y'all are on the third floor and the roof is above you uh, a lot of your issue is insulating that roof yeah yeah they, they have to do that from above they, they redid they, it and it, i don't know it didn't yeah. help yeah. They can put a reflective coating on it. So, yeah. That's what they should have done. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. know that? I don't think this goes in this, but like I, uh, I was there pretty late yesterday and it was like, it felt like 90 degrees in the building. Yeah. The Wi-Fi was out and I was like, I'd been like just struggling on something. I'm just like, why am I here? Right I just like went home and it's just immediately better. But. It's pretty fun here. Uh, on, uh, I mean, during lunch hour, you can kind of hear it, but, uh, especially friday night saturday night oh music uh, the bands yeah the stage is right below the, oh it is right now or i guess it's below that room i and, heard a, uh, a saxophone when we started i was wondering what, where that was coming from <laughs> that was just coleman and so uh <laughs> so when i'm working late or if, or if on either of those days or if i come up during saturday it's it doesn't feel like i'm alone because there's a whole band playing and you can hear it perfectly and i it's like having background noise and music but without it being your own, you're not trying to select what you're listening to. And it's not distracting for me. It's kind of energizing. I love yeah, old I school it. radio. It's good no, no AirPods anymore. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> I dig it. I want to go back to, um, you know, you, y'all's kind of story and how y'all got into hunting and fishing and stuff, you know, cause you got into it later in life or as you, you kind of did it um, growing up. Any advice for somebody who's maybe used to the red and white little eagle claw bobber and 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 the fishing what the clicker zebco 44 that's what we all started on yeah Yeah. i mean yeah we all started on it but maybe they're wondering like man what's what is this fly fishing thing about or what you know what's this draw that um everybody seems so passionate about um how do i get into that i think uh I, i think so often people look at the hunting and fishing world as something that's not really uh tangible to them or something that they can do um but i really you know if anybody's listening it's like 
get out there and try it, you know, and, and if you can't get out there on your own and try it, you know, find somebody who you can kind of connect with and, um, and, and just get out there and ask, don't be afraid to ask some questions and then, you know, vice versa. Like if you're somebody who knows a lot, I think we always talk about getting people into this, but when we talk about it that way, it, it's almost like we're pushing it off on somebody else. Um, and something I see so clearly in, in the industries that I think we all work in is that, um, you know, it, it's, I think it's more about, you know, find somebody who doesn't know how to do it. And if it's, if it's somebody you like to be around, it's only going to strengthen your bond and, um, you know, it just keeps you going and, and gives you like, I'd much rather fish with somebody else. I'll go out on my own, but, um, same way for hunting. Like, I think I've always enjoyed duck hunting because it's, it brings eight to 10 people together in a layout blind or over in, you know, pit blind. It's, um, it's just fun camaraderie. It's something you can do early in the morning. So, you know, if you're, if you're on the edge, try it out. And if you're, if you've been doing it forever, you know, go out there and find somebody who, who would like to try it and just give them a whirl. Yeah. Uh, do that entirely. Like on the mentor side, I, I think that becomes increasingly important. Um, you know, I, uh, to be able to, I see that as a sense of duty, uh, try to take people out if I can or show what little I share, what little I can with anyone who, who wants it or needs it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the most effective and helpful and intangible long-term way to share hunting and fishing is to invite people out, um, to show them a good time, maybe help them cut some corners to feel a little payoff. You know, there's, you can do some of that work and, and kind of introduce people, but on the other side, you know, having, having a fire for these things and getting out there, um, like a blind squirrel will eventually find the nut. Um, you don't have to be great at fishing to catch a fish. Uh, you know, you just kind of have to get out there with a rod. You, your cast doesn't have to be good to catch a fish. Like you just, you have to just get out there and do it. And so, um, try to like find the things in it that keep you engaged and um, keep you enjoying being outside. Um, if you're not enjoying, and Patrick has, has taught me this a lot. If you're not enjoying yourself, like kind of just sit down in the sun for a little bit and just kind of soak in like the natural world around you. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's hard to start things later in life, but um, what I have found keeps me going is just like whatever I can do to, to keep things consistent in my life. Um, if that is obsessing about gear or not fishing when you go fishing and just sitting down and enjoying yourself, really whatever, whatever keeps you getting the benefits of being outside and, and hunting and fishing, um, try to identify those and, and try to try to go to those as a home base. If you're, if you're ever not having a good time, <laughs> that's good wisdom. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, well, thanks, guys. It's been a blast. Thank uh, you, guys. What's uh, what's next for Duck Camp? Um, any plugs? Any We're going to get a – yeah, we've got a lot of events this year. Um, these guys are hooking us up with a pack mule, and that's so right. that's going to go on the road behind our wicked new van, not the one that not Aaron has. Uh, <laughs> could, we, a different van. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to take that pack mule, and we're going to throw a lot of uh, – We've got our another Lone Star launch this year, so uh, we'll have that happening. Um, just be having a lot of coolers full of Lone Star, so it's uh, I'm pumped to be able to throw some big Yetis on the back of this pack mule and uh, and go around and you know have some parties and throw yeah. some events, hand out some red and blues, exactly <laughs> some red and blues. I like the blues a little bit more, but yeah. you know sometimes the reds work. That's right. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're excited. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. What do y'all say? Some food. Some yeah. Rub. Let's do some chili powder. 
Right. Yeah, right. Chili powder, some burgers, maybe listen to some music downstairs. <laughs> there we go. Now we're yeah. talking. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, that was guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys.